Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. We've both been teaching for quite a while now, but we still have plenty of questions about education. And this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about topics that we think are important for Christian educators to consider. Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for joining us for Hallway Conversations. I'm Dave Mulder. And I'm Matt Beamers. We want to thank you for allowing us to be here with you today, folks. If you are stopping by for the first time or you are a return visitor, we are very grateful for your time. We know it's precious, so thanks for joining us today. Uh, Just to give you a bit of a context for Hallway Conversations, uh, this all started about uh, six or seven months ago when um, I moved, uh, recently moved to uh, the Midwest. I didn't know Dave at all. I'd heard his name. i heard lots of uh, things about um, just the amazing practitioner and wonderful human being that he is. You're way too is. kind. Way too kind. <laughs> yes, I, I am. I am. But that we digress. Um, and yeah, we slowly started getting to know each other. Uh, and it started out actually very simply as, hey, do you know where the photocopier is? Where's the key for this cupboard? Um, do we have to bring our own coffee? Um, right. Just things like that. And uh, even though that's where it started often it would it would turn into a 15 or 20 minute conversation like i've never um, been in a situation where i've asked someone if i could borrow a dry erase marker and we ended up talking about um, formative and summative assessment practices 20 <laughs> minutes later yeah <laughs> and so it kind of grew from there to be honest and we we often found ourselves um, due to the nature of covid and what's going on being in the hallway kind of distance from each other and um, after a few months, we we permitted ourselves to sit in each other's office and talk. And as we were sitting here, we just came up with this idea of, um, hey, what if we try to podcast? And so these are hallway conversations that we typically have here that we just want to we want to share with you. So um, thanks for thanks for joining us today. The format of this is is the scarier part of this whole thing is that we take turns bringing topics. Um, without telling the other person what we're going to talk about. And, and it often comes in the form of a question. So Dave has no idea what I'm about to ask him. And so here's my question, Dave, and let me just do a, a short preamble. In, in getting to know you, you are, and I say this um, with deep, uh, uh, deep encouragement, that you are committed um, to your trade. You are a master craftsman when it comes to teaching. Um, you spend... Um, time thinking about it you uh, spend time preparing Um, it's been pretty inspiring to watch but my question for you is what motivates you like that (laughs) I partly ask this I partly ask this because I want to pump a little bit of whatever motivates you into my veins but can you just talk talk about that (laughs) a little bit the the topic of motivation and let's just the question is what motivates Dave Mulder So I guess the the jokey, cynical answer is probably the seven cups of coffee I have every day, right? There's a reason my eyes are bugging out of my head. (laughs) Folks, you can't see, Dave, but this this is one of the truest statements that's been said all day. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So a a more more authentic, more purpose-driven answer, maybe. Let's let's go that way. Um, You know, I've said to you many times, Matt, we get to do this. We get to do this, and and our our work uh, at this point in our careers is we're coming alongside future teachers and practicing teachers and helping them shape themselves um, as, as as practitioners. How are they going to be? And I take that as a high calling. That's not something to take lightly. 
Um, it's slightly terrifying when you think about the long-term implications of, of what that looks like. But there is definitely a motivation in, in that work, right? So when I think about motivation, oftentimes I come back to, um, and I think you've read Dan Pink's book, Drive. And, and Highly for, recommend. Yeah, for our, for our listeners, if you haven't read it, it's, it's worth it. Um, the whole book is really around the science of motivation. And Pink unpacks a lot of different researchers' work um, on what motivates people. And he basically comes back to, there's three things. Mm -hmm. If you really want to motivate people uh, to be intrinsically motivated, there's all kinds of external motivators that you can nudge people with carrots and sticks. But if you really want them to be intrinsically motivated to do the work, um, there's three things, he says. Um, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So let me unpack each of those a little bit. Autonomy is this idea that I have power in the work that I'm doing. I have a voice in the work that I'm doing. I have some opportunity to determine when and where and with whom I'm going to do the work. Now we can't do that completely, I mean, in, in the nature of the work that we do too. Um, but yeah, as much as is possible for us to have a sense of autonomy in what we're doing. Um, mastery is this idea that I should be able to work on things that matter and that I have the opportunity to work on them till I can get better at them, right? Uh, most of the time, the first time anybody tries something, we don't do it successfully the first time. Once in a while, there's beginner's luck, but a lot of times you got to practice stuff. And I think teaching is definitely the sort of thing um, that you get better the more you do it. We got to keep practicing. Um, and so I think there's definitely an opportunity for us to work towards mastery. But uh, the, the problem is if thinking maybe like a mathematician about this, like the concept of a limit, I can get closer to mastery, but I can never actually achieve it. Um, but that learning curve uh, starts to flatten out after a while. And you, you do keep getting better, but it's more incremental uh, over time. Um, and then the third one, and I guess this is the one that's most aligned for what I was talking about for why or what motivates me, is this idea of purpose. And, and purpose, working for something bigger than yourself, working for something um, more important than just my paycheck, working for something um, that has, dare I say it, eternal consequences. Um, boy, that gets you out of bed in the morning, right? And I think that's when I, when I jokingly say we get to do this. That's no joke. We get to do this. And I feel a real sense of purpose. And that motivates a lot of what I'm trying to do as an educator. Yeah, so if you think about um, being motivated, so just a little... We're gonna. I'm gonna expose us for a second here, Dave. Oh we are Enneagram threes. We are both oh, yeah. Enneagram yep. threes. Um, the performer, the achiever. Mm -hmm. um, how do you make sure you're being motivated by the right hmm. purpose? How do you make sure you're not just feeding your own soul? How do you, how do you make sure that mastery isn't because you just want to be the best teacher so that people know you as the best teacher like how do you how do you keep the main thing the main thing yeah uh, matt you ask the hard questions here that and, and you're right like this is something that i have to grapple with because part of um yeah being the achiever is i want people to see me doing look at all the good stuff i'm doing right that that oh and that's there, there there's a dark side of that right on on at the healthiest I'm doing all these great things to really serve other people mm. and to elevate them and to bring them along, right? Uh, but the dark side is, and I have to check this uh, for myself, that there are times where I'm doing things just because I want to be seen as, wow, look at that rock star. He's so great, right? Um, 
<laughs> Rockstar, that's funny. Okay, so one of my favorite bands is, um, no one's ever heard of them. Mute Math is the name of the band. Mute, Literally, Mute no one's heard of them. Right, okay, but they're great. They're fantastic. <laughs> I and trust they, you. They have this song, uh, and I think it's the Enneagram 3 theme mm-hmm. song. Uh, the song is called Blood Pressure. And mm-hmm. it's kind of about this inner tension that you feel. And the lyrics of the song, why can't you be more like your older brother? Why mm-hmm. can't you be a little more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that sense, like, look at all the good stuff I'm doing. I'm a Christian educator. Yeah. Don't you yeah. see how I'm pouring my blood, sweat, and tears out yeah. in, in the work that I'm doing here? Like, you should think highly of me because mm-hmm. I'm doing this for Jesus. And yeah. then that reality check of, well... I mean, I say sometimes I'm doing this for Jesus, but really when push comes to shove, I wonder, am, am I doing this because I want people to think highly of me? Yeah. So it, I don't know if that's an answer to your question. No, but it, it also makes me realize like, um, you know, like why can't you be more like your older brother? Like why can't you be more like Dave Mulder? Why can't you be Oof. more like wh- whoever? Fill in the blank, right? Yeah. And and the danger of comparison um, and oh, the de- yeah. the demon of discouragement that comes with comparison, like this idea also of, yeah, accepting who you are as a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't need to be the best version of Dave Mulder. I need to be the best version of Matt Beamers. Right, right. And to be okay with that, like that, that's maybe a weird take on this whole idea of, of motivation yeah. too. But to really ask that question, you know, what what drives this purpose for you, and totally. what what's motivating. You yeah, and that's not that. to suggest I can't learn from you. No, but, no, that's right. But uh, we don't we don't need more Dave Mulders or Matt Beamers walking around this campus. Heavens no. Heavens right. no. <laughs> well, oh. and I think that that your point is well taken, Matt. Right? Like we we can't be. I, I early in my teaching career, I had a phenomenal high school math teacher, Mark Hugan, phenomenal mm-hmm. phenomenal math teacher, and I was a middle school math teacher, and I aspired to be him. And so a lot of the things that I said and that I did in my classroom, and I would try to be more and more like Mark. And he's he's fantastic, right? But I'm not Mark. I'm Dave. And, and people don't want you to be Mark, actually. Right, right. And so to give yourself permission to grow into who who are you going to be yeah. as a teacher? No, for sure. Dave, you had when you were talking about the Enneagram 3, you used this phrase, hey, when I'm at my healthiest, hmm. the reality is, um, in many fields, including education, people aren't at their healthiest. It has been the most trying 10, 11, 12 months almost now, the most complex of school years. Um, you and me have the privilege of, um, running into many teachers who are currently in classrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a level of exhaustion there. Yeah. And, and right now it's still hard you know, this idea of return to normal, whatever that looks like, right. but this idea of like, when, when will we get through this? Right. And there's an unknown to that. And that can be incredibly demotivating. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just wondering, you know, not asking you to bury your soul, but how about for you when it's hard to be motivated? Like you are a very, po- you lead with positivity. I remember <laughs> that you said once. Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> and you are, um, you, you live your life open-handed. You are hospitable and generous with your time and your energy. Um, I just what, aspire to that. What, yes, no, yes, totally, that. <laughs> totally. We all, exactly, you right. aspire to it. What about, what about on the days that you, do, you don't have much oh. to give anymore? Yep. Like, it's just, it is too much. Like, is there a word for our, our listeners, uh, a word of acknowledgement or encouragement about, you know what, it's, it's hard sometimes. Absolutely. 
Well, and I, I'm glad you asked that question, right? Because, and I learned this, I guess, for myself, most tangibly when I was in grad school, where, I mean, I'm already working 50 plus hours a week on my work as a teacher. And then I've got 20 plus hours a week of grad school homework. And like, that's not sustainable in the long term. Right. And so sometimes you're just looking at the big pile of stuff you've got to do and it's so overwhelming. And I think a lot of teachers feel that pressure (laughs) right now, especially, right. We're looking at the big pile. And so a strategy that I started to do uh, for myself was okay. Whatever the big thing is, like I'm, I'm likely to pick the small thing, right? Yeah. The, the thing that's easy, and let's like get those off my, off my desk. And that's not a bad thing, but sometimes you're still looking at the big thing, and you just yeah. got to get at it. So my, my rule was the 10 minute rule for mm-hmm. myself. I said I can do anything for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to attack it. Whatever that hard thing is, 10 minute rule. I can do anything for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And what I found was oftentimes after you get after it for 10 minutes, okay, now that wasn't so bad. At least I got started, right? And so sometimes I would continue on more than just my 10 minutes. And sometimes 10 minutes is all I got, right? Yeah. Like I can't, I can't work at the hard thing for any more than that. So I guess that's part of it. And, and maybe the flip side of that is also true. If you have been working on something for so long that now it feels like you're banging your head on the wall because it's the big thing, to just be gracious enough with yourself mm-hmm. to say, I think I'm done working yeah. on this for now and to take a break. I think that's one of the hard things about teaching. Oh, oh because it's always there. Right. Right. And I think that it's kind of intangible work yeah. sometimes, right? Like yeah. when my summer jobs, when, when I was a student, um, yeah. I would always work in construction, right? And there's something so tangible about that kind of work yeah. that at the beginning of the day, there wasn't a wall here. And at the end of the day, there is because I built this thing, yeah. right? And in, in education, we don't always have that. We, it's, it's slow growing. Right. That we might have students come back five or 10 years down the road and say, hey, what you did made a difference. But tomorrow I'm not going to see that necessarily. Yeah, no, totally. I I think part of it, too, that is that it's just can be incredibly hard is like there's there's the being in the building, the physical aspect of it. But Mm. but also just eight o'clock at night, I'm thinking about this. Nine thirty, I'm thinking about this. I it was interesting to me that I I kind of discovered that. Over the summer, my favorite, for lack of a better word, evening was Sunday night. Mm. Because during the school year, I'd always find like at about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock Sunday night, I would just, my brain would just start going and going and going. Yeah. Right? And it's it's this idea of like, I just, I need to rest. Like I need, and so I, on Sunday nights, I'd be like, oh, like my brain's not going. Like it, I'm taking care of, taking care of myself. And so it just reminds me of like that idea to walk away sometimes like t- 10 minutes, I'm going to try and I just don't have it today. And, and, and that's okay. And actually. that's okay. And that's okay. All right. All right. Well, Matt, I got to take the opportunity here then to turn the question around on you. And if you'd share a little bit with me, what, what motivates you? We say we get to do this, but what does that look like for you? Yeah, we get to do, we get to do this. We definitely get to do this. What an honor and a privilege. As you were talking, Dave, I was, if I'm honest, I was, I was being in a fully present as I could, but I was thinking about that for myself and kind of what motivates me. And, um, the first thing that came to mind and maybe that's, um, this is easy to say, but um, I take it to heart is, is my family. You know, if I think about Bev mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my four daughters and um, wanting to um, be a person that they can look at, sort of aspire to be more like, I want to be a, a mentor and a role model for them. So that mo- motivates me to do good work. Like I want them to see me doing good, purposeful and meaningful 
work and, and to find joy in my in my work. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my family for sure is part of that. But but as you were talking, I was also maybe in a different direction, thinking about something something um, a little different. The last 15, 16 years, I've had the honor and it was a privilege to teach at a school in Vancouver, British Columbia, a Christian school there. Um, I was a teacher there, a vice principal and a principal. And it was the most amazing community, actually. Um, the most professional staff, loving staff. Um, the students were incredible. Like I smile, smiling right now as I, as I think about them and the families were so supportive. Um, and I miss them, actually, as I talk about them. I miss being with them. And, um, but as I think about that place, um, one, of the, one of the gifts that um, that place gave me um, came through the form of um, their superintendent, Dave, a good friend now of mine. One of the things that I learned from Dave, um, as we were a growing school and we were um, going through a merge and we were changing and uh, reestablishing our mission and vision, one of the things I learned from him was the importance of um, the mission and vision being alive in the life of the school. Right? We've all been in schools where it's it's maybe it's hanging on the wall, maybe it's not even hanging on the wall. Nobody knows the mission or vision statement, and it certainly doesn't influence uh, practices or policies um, in the school. And what I loved about um, one of the many things I loved about Dave uh, was his deep desire to filter all decisions through the mission and the vision. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, all, and it, w one big decision we had to make as a school when we were there was um, we had a discussion about going one-to-one, -one, computer, laptops, grade 7 to 12. And, you know, there was so many factors in that decision, you know, whether it was finances, whether it was about student learning, would it improve student learning? What is, you know, how does it fit into our, our community? Um, how will it impact pedagogy? And those are all important discussions. And those are all discussions that we had. But the discussion for Dave always seemed to start in one place. And that was, um, whatever we decide, does it move us closer to our fulfilling our mission statement? Or does it move us further away? Mm -hmm. And Dave sometimes used the language of uh, the mission statement being our promise statement, which which is a bit unsettling, to be honest. For sure. Um, like that word <laughs> promise is a big word. Um, and, I think it, and I think what I realized is I, I don't know if any school ever completely fulfills their, their mission and vision. But, but it was this idea that we are going to do whatever we can with the resources we have. We're going to promise to pursue and fulfill that mission statement as fully as we can. And so when we made decisions about budget or one-to-one -one laptops or um, – you know, buying a new school bus, whatever the, those decisions were, the starting place was always: um, does it get does it get us closer fulfilling the promise we made to our parents when they committed to partner with us uh, with us as a school? Yeah, yeah. And I found that really motivating, like this idea of 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 wanting to participate in the mission and vision of the school, like that really. Um, that, yeah, that motivated me that, that, um, really was a drive for me to be like, man, like, you know, like we get to do this. It's like, we get to fulfill this mission and yeah. statement. And I, and I feel that a bit at working at Dort as well as I get to know this place. Um, I, if, if anybody's ever been to this university and, and I realize we're in, in Northwest Iowa, so <laughs> probably right. many people have never been here and, and may never get here, but, but. 
at the entrance to our campus, there's a big clock tower, and on that clock tower is is the mission uh, statement, and and it's uh, something else called the Founders' Vision, which is a really bold vision for me. If I think that that Founders' Vision is is sixty sixty years old yeah, or right, so, right. that was a bold mission, you know, bold vision that that they had. And so so even when I look at that, I think, man, we get to stand on the shoulders of the people that came before us, and oh, yeah. and the Lord willing, people will stand on our shoulders after they leave. But but as I think about all that, Dave, I actually come back to that phrase, we get to do this. Um, and as I was thinking about, you know, that as you were talking, um, I was thinking about um, a theology professor I had in university, uh, Mike Goheen, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, um, for the person that he is and, and the writing and thinking that he does. But but. Mike might not even know this, but he used a line many years ago that I use in my writing and my speaking and my teaching. He often talks about um, the Bible sort of as God's unfolding story of redemption. Oh, yes. And I love that line. And so when I think about the line, we get to do this, you know, like what is the this? Mm Mm-hmm. For me, the motivation of we get to do this, the this is we get to participate in God's unfolding story of redemption as, um, you know, as friends, as colleagues. Um, we, get to, we get to do that in the classroom. We get to do that with our families. We get to do that in all of our life, actually. And for me, that, in the end, that's actually what motivates me is that, um, that we get to participate in the renewal and the transformation of all things that um, that we're good enough right. to be co-creators right. and co-workers with God in all of this, and and I'm motivated to to help our students see that that they don't have to wait till they leave university or that they can start in the in the part- participating in God's unfolding story when they're five and ten and fifteen and and my mom and dad who are in their eighties continue to participate right. in that, and so in the end. I would say that's what motivates me. So, when, yeah. so when we say we get to do this from now on, Dave, I'm I'm going to think of yeah, we get to participate in God's unfolding story of redemption. It's so amazing. And as you say that, I'm thinking too, like as if God needs us for for any of this. Totally, like, He lets us jump. He in. lets us do right? this. <laughs> wow. He invites us in and says, "You get to be part of this right. story." Like, who says no? You. Who says no to that? Okay, people, do, I'm yeah. not, I, that motivates <laughs> me, like, to say I'm all in. I'm jumping in. I'm saying yes to that invitation. And whether that's for me as a as a teacher or if I think about my brothers as construction workers or my sister who was a pastor, like, all of those things, yeah. um, we're invited every day, wherever we're called to serve, mm-hmm. um, to participate in that story. And that's incredible to me. This was a highly motivating conversation for me, my friend. So thank you for bringing the question. Yeah, it's- no, thanks, Dave. And thanks thanks for answering and your thoughts and, uh, yeah, for helping me learn from you. It's it's a pleasure and, and a joy. And I just want to thank anybody who's listening for joining yeah. us in this hallway conversation and, and for allowing us to be here with you. Thanks for being here, people. Thank you. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up by Matt and Dave during one of their hallway conversations. Our music was created by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Dave Mulder and Matt Beamers. Thanks for listening. 